The Pod Doctors is brought to you by the Kindle book, Saving Limbs, Saving Lives, Advanced Treatments to Prevent Amputations in Diabetic Populations. This book by Dr. Damien Dauphiné discusses specific patient cases in diabetic limb preservation, which highlight the modern use of wound care technology that has exploded in the last 20 years. With only one advanced therapy available in 1999, there are now hundreds of options to help close chronic wounds in diabetic patients. Dr. Dauphiné distills these options down to show patients and physicians treating these patients how combinations of these products can be used to save limbs and save lives. Welcome to The Pod Doctors. I'm Dr. Damien Dauphiné, board-certified foot and ankle surgeon, and my partner, Dr. Refa Hussein, fellowship-trained podiatric surgeon, and we are The Pod Doctors. Each week, The Pod Doctors will be discussing aspects of podiatric medicine and surgery to educate our audience on common foot and ankle problems and the latest treatment options available. We hope to bring you interesting and informative shows each week discussing all the crazy ways that our wonderful foot can malfunction and cause us problems. So please find us on all the platforms where you find your typical podcasts, Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, and YouTube where you can view our videos. So please like and subscribe, and we will see you next time on The Pod Doctors. Welcome to The Pod Doctors. I'm Dr. Damien Dauphiné, and I'm here with my partner. Dr. Rafi Hussein. And today we are going to delve into some details on Haglund's surgery or surgery to remove the dreaded pump bump. Yeah, we talked about this previously and we thought, you know, you both had cases recently. Why not let's uh, let's dive into one of our cases and, uh, you know, end our season off pretty strong. I think we got one more episode after this. Yep. All right. So quick recap on presentation. So your Haglund's pump bump, whatever deformity, um, it's that posterior heel pain, the back of the heel pain. Um, patients will come in with a prominence or a protuberance on the back, the insertional Achilles tendonitis type of pain, and we'll kind of go through our, our differentials and we'll kind of determine what's going on. And in this case, end up being a Haglund's. We'll get our imaging. Most of the times we'll just do both uh, our basic x-rays. And what we're seeing, we'll see that that posterior mid-substance spur and that Haglund's uh, prominence. And sometimes it won't be as bad as this. It'll be it'll be minor. It just needs to be enough that it's it's rubbing against that uh, Achilles tendon. And you'll see. Look at the thickness of the tissue back there. Got almost an inch of swollen, inflamed, irritable Achilles tendon and surrounding tissue. So yeah, that's that, what we're knocking that's off. What hurts. Yeah. You can kind of see in this MRI right here uh, what's really going on. The tendon is getting those tiny little tears from the, the physical abrasion against that uh, posterior calcaneal prominence, which over time, wear and tear will become angry and inflamed. You get that scar tissue, and that's kind of this, the cleanup that we have to do when we're inside. So, you know, quick recap. This is the bump. Sometimes you'll get some bursas and stuff back there. Uh, the biggest component of this is the equinus, that shortness that we talk about. Such a big deforming force and a lot of foot problems, mm. and we address this when we're talking about going in and fixing this. So this is one of my patients. Um, this is pre-op. His um, Achilles tendinopathy, um, obviously you can see that hypertrophy here, um, the little spurs. These pictures don't do him justice. I mean, that thing was it's a, it's a knot. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, so we talk about going in, and I don't, I didn't put in the video part for the uh, uh, gas rock recession one because it didn't record, and two because you know it's just scoped, and we talked about this before. Yeah. Incisional approach. Um, so I'm, I don't know, 80% of the time, I'm mid-substance. I like to open mine up posterior. I know you do a, a lazy S-style. Yeah, same same position, but just I, li- I like the curved incisions. Yeah. Sometimes you can go medial lateral. You just got to be wary of the neurovascular structures. If you hug the Achilles on the sides, you should be fine. Right. So, uh, and, oh, and the last thing, um, the peritinon. We talked about this before. Peritinon is a thin layer of high vascular tissue that surrounds the Achilles tendon. The peritinon has been argued, um, should you dissect it free, should you not dissect it free? I've gone both ways, and I feel um, in my mind that uh, the less trauma you cause to it, the better you end up doing. So I don't like to dissect mine free too much. And for this one, I'm going way inferior to release the Achilles, so there's really not a lot of peritinon I'm dissecting for these anyway. For Achilles tendon repair, I mean, you got to do it. It's inevitable. Yeah. Yeah. So here's my case. Mm-mm-mm. My incisional approach, like I said, straight posterior. Guy's got some nice tattoos. <laughs> so just sharp dissection, pretty much. Getting to the area of where the Achilles tendon and the peritinon lie. Just, you know, making sure that you get good adequate exposure. There's really nothing you have to worry about back there. There's no major vessels. There's no major arteries. Um, no major... Uh, nerves that you're worried about as long as you stay posterior yeah so i i just do my dissection i, I buzz some of these vessels that are superficial so it kind of heals up nice so that's but, the electrocautery yep. so blunt dissection freeing up any adhesions that may be caused from the bursas that may form behind the achilles so i'm just kind of freeing all that up dissecting out getting good exposure you know the biggest thing you'll fight in, in, in surgery is exposure here I'm using my blade, but I'm not actually cutting. I'm brushing. So when you use that brush edge, it, it'll it'll free up most of those fibers. Pretty straightforward. And that's pretty much it. Down to the Achilles tendon. That's the tendon right there. All right. So now we're getting down to the Achilles tendon, and Dr. D likes to do his his straight at the um, origin of the Achilles. I mean the insertion of the Achilles. I like to do mine more of an open book, uh, kind of like this right here, uh, T style. Uh, same thing. Um, I do the T-style mainly because sometimes, you know, there might be some damaged tissue in there, and I can debris that out. If there's ossicles, like in this patient, he had two ossicles in there that we saw in the pre-op x-rays, I like to debris those out and hopefully make those um, less of a problem afterwards. So doing my incision. This is the part of the surgery where you kind of slow down because the... Um, the dissection around those spurs is... Oh, Time-consuming. Time-consuming, and if you do it right and you save as much tendon as possible, your repair is going to be much more vigorous and robust. So it, it, it's worth taking the time. If you just sort of hack and slash, you're going to be taking away good tendon that you probably need. Yeah, I just tell the nurse, you know, you know, slow down, nothing too crazy. The nurses are always like, oh, you know, let's get the anchors and stuff ready because they're talking about that big fun stuff, you know, slapping some anchors in and, and uh, you know, throwing some ties. But um, this part, I'm just like just jamming to my music, you know, and uh, just kind of cruising along. They're like, um, it's like a mountain cascade, those spurs, and you're kind of just trying to dissect through them. I'll use like the the 15 blade. I'll also use like a freer, sometimes even like a curved osteotome, just kind of freeing up, you know, that... uh 
that periosteal uh, tendon attachment. Yeah, it's definitely worth it to take your time on this part. Let's jump ahead. All right, so we're just taking some pictures, making sure I'm low enough so you see my freer. I'm telling myself where I am, making sure I'm actually where I want to be. Sometimes you feel feel like you're there, and then you'll get the extra, and you're like, oh, i got to go even further. Go, got to go even uh, more plantar. And um, I'll work my incision a little bit further. Yep, here's my freer. Just kind of freeing up the edges, making sure uh, I'm saving as much tendon as possible. So here are the x-rays that I was taking intra-op. The first x-ray I took with that freer, making sure I get, you know, low enough. You can kind of see the little ossicles um, that are inside the tendon, and we'll try to dig those out. The goal being is to resect off the prominences that might be formed on the back of that heel, the back of that calcaneus. Here they're showing a medial incision approach, but most of the people like to go posterior. So this is a sagittal sole. It almost works like a, like a drywall sole. It, it vibrates back and forth nice and fast. It vibrates so you're not actually cutting too much soft tissue. You're actually just hitting anything tough. So the nice part about these are that, for example, right next to the Achilles tendon, and we're not trying to cause any damage, will recept out, pretty much reciprocate out um, the bone portion and slowly just tease off the soft tissue. So you see, I do mine slightly beveled, just kind of leaving a nice contour. And I try to get nice and low from one side, work my way up, and then turn back around and kind of knock off that edge. And then I'll use like um, the saw edge and kind of sand it down if I can get my hands on a hand rasp or a reciprocating rasp. That's always nice. I love the reciprocating rasp for these posterior uh, calcaneal exosectomies. They're, they're phenomenal. So here my saw wasn't long enough to knock off that bump. And you'll see in the x-rays that there ends up being just a little bit of a lip on this one. Um, won't cause any problems. It'll heal up and I buzz down and recontour it. But I do remember that this one ended up having a little bit of a lip that, you know, we just have to recontour out. So, yeah, you're plucking out some of those os ossicles. I can see that, yeah. Oh, yeah. Some of them, uh, I dice. So I do my tendon section at the end. That's just the way I do my order of things. And you'll see, I'll dissect them out and I try to show them on the camera. I mean... Showing them is pretty much me squeezing them and kind of showing you that it's tough and, you know, hopefully that uh, it portrays that what I'm trying to show. Um, but here I'm just kind of uh, freeing up adhesions or attachments from the, the tendon on the Hagelin's prominence that I kind of knocked off. You know, just being careful, use my finger dissection, using that blade, just hugging that bone. Uh, you don't want to be aggressive in this. We're trying to save as much tendon as possible. So in the end, when this guy is back to normal, there's no weakness that we inherently caused. There we go. Finally getting it out. Yeah. Again, worth the time. Yeah. Make sure you're saving as much tendon as possible. Yeah. You can see you can see shiny bone all, all along there. That's a good chunk. Yeah. I'm using the back of the blade like a little spatula. Blunt dissection, like I said. Here, I think this, oh, I said black of the blade. I'm using uh, acetone. acetone. Yeah. yeah mm -hmm. Same thing. Yep, and now I'm just feeling around, making sure I feel everything. I redid the gastroc on this, so the Achilles has tons of slack on it. What am I doing? All right, so I'm using the sole, and I'm going plantarly now. So initially, we went like this. We docked off that prominence, and now I'm coming back and knocking off any remaining prominence on the bottom. And then I'll, I'll use my feathering technique, make sure that it's nice and contoured, because you don't want any you know, edges or lumps or you don't want any you know, prominences that you cause yourself. You want everything to be smooth and contoured. I mean, the body will heal regardless and I'll smooth it all out in the end. Um, but the faster we can get there, 
the better it ends up being. So it's a C-arm, we're taking some x-rays. Alright, what do I got here? Oh, I'm doing the hand rasp. So they're like, oh yeah, yeah, we got the reciprocating rasp, and then they didn't have the, the piece for it. So I'm like, alright, just give me something so I can get going on this. And I think they finally end up getting it for me. Here we go. So it's a reciprocating rasp. It's like a rasp hand held um, vibrating device, whatever you want to call it. It literally vibrates uh, front and back and it comes in different teeth patterns or grid patterns or aggressiveness. Um, I just, I'm like, look, give me something wide and aggressive and we'll knock that off. All right, so let's jump ahead to, I uh, should be. Time to put some anchors in. Uh, reciprocating rasp, so, yep. So I use a reciprocating rasp. It's um, a mechanical rasp. It, it, it literally vibrates back and forth. Uh, there's different sizes, different aggressive uh, grits. Grits, yeah. Mm -hmm. So I pretty much ask them for a wide and um, aggressive grit because I'm just trying to knock off all the prominences and contour bone. So the goal being to knock off any pressure points that the patient might feel after surgery. So I'll feel with the, the rasp. I'll, I'll go through all the areas that we knock down. Sometimes when you saw one way and the other way, you'll have that little apex there. And that's what we're trying to recontour. There we go. So oh, wow, here's yeah. the initial x-ray from where I knocked off that bump and then you use the osteotome. You can kind of see the little lip that was left there. So I'm recontouring, recontouring. I was using that rasp and stuff. So here's kind of where I ended up. So knocked off that posterior bump. So here's before knocking off that little lump on the back. Here's after just kind of recontouring. And obviously there's debris and stuff in there from, you know, because I haven't irrigated anything out yet. Um, so, That's good though. Yeah. So now, next thing to do is clean up the tendon and tag it back down, um, so patient has a functional Achilles again. I use two tendon anchors for mine most of the time, but you know, there's different ways. Some people use one, some people use four. Uh, there's you know a thousand different techniques. So, so here's a little bulb syringe. We're knocking out any debris. You can kind of see some of the stuff that's kind of pouring out of there. So here's the tendon anchor. So I use two. I go one medial, one lateral. Pretty much just a little bit superior to where the original insertion was. So I can hug that tendon against that bone rather than just kind of tagging the ends to it. I hug it back down so it hugs that bone a little bit. And it's just pretty straightforward. So uh, we put two little impact holes and then I kind of crank in these little anchors that you see. And these are made out of peak, I believe, um, which is radio opaque. So you won't have any metallic hardware in the body. And they work wonderfully. They're nice and strong and uh, less chance of um, any um, allergic reactions. They're very inert. Um, sometimes when you use some of these metallic anchors, um, the old school ones, patients would have like nickel allergy and things too. Now the fancier ones are like titanium and all that fun stuff. But yeah. Yeah, I like to use the titanium ones because I have found that I am too hard on peak. <laughs> <laughs> they, are, they are definitely weaker than your titanium ones. Yeah, you, you, can, you can jack them up trying to get them in. So I... I I do like the titanium ones. So I'm, I'm, you know, debriding out any fibrous tissue. So when you're in there, you'll kind of see some of the, you know, the messed up tissue. It's usually like yellow and dystrophic looking. Nice, healthy tendon is white, long fibers. Here's one of the ossicles I was trying mm. to show. Um, That's just, pretty far up there. Yeah. Like nurse, feel that. This thing is solid, you know. All right, so I do mine like a modified Krakow. Krakow is a type of suturing technique to help grip on to the tendon. Um, the, my, this technique that I use is a two-fold, whatever. So on the sides, I'll run up the side, superior uh, side, lateral, whatever edges of the uh, Achilles in a running, locking type of stitch, mm -hmm. um, taking care to take nice, hefty bites at different depths so I'm not 
you know, pulling along one simple fascial plane. And then when I tie them off, I'll tie them off to the side so they're not in the, um, the, the thin skin behind the Achilles. So it's a free needle that they had me use. Yeah, there's one downside to those anchors is you gotta use a free needle. Yeah, that's okay. I mean, it is what it is. So I'm running up. All right. Now the locking stitch, uh, one side of the stitch is inside the anchor. It's a long loop. So what I'll do is I'll run it up one side. I'll use the opposite anchor and use a different stitch. I'll run up the opposite side. I like to use, there's two stitches on there. There's a blue and a white or a blue, I mean, blue tagged and a white plane or whatever. I don't know. They're different stitches, right? And I'll use two different ones because I'm only using two stitches. Um, so one from each anchor. You can use the other stitches. I just, uh, I just it, have. It's yeah. kind of a backup. Yeah. You know, if you break one. Yeah. So you'll see, you I'll can, pull it at the end, but I don't, I don't pull it until beforehand. So what I did was I kind of crossed that stitch under the tendon. So it's nice and below the surface. And then I tied it off to the side. So the patient should hopefully never feel it again. So now what I'm doing is I'm taking the other stitches, uh, the other end of that suture that's already on that tendon. It's going through that anchor and I'm pulling it back now. So that tendon's going to hug that, that bone now. So you see I pulled it down. Now it's, that tendon is getting hugged down against there. And then now I'll do my crisscross stitch, which will come up on the free ends of that tendon. And I'll crisscross and hug that down. So I'm running it up the side, locking it in. And then I'm crisscrossing it on top, a little box stitch, uh, to help make sure that that tendon is locked down in the center also. Nice. And it's just... The way I've done it, I've had great success. I picked it up when I was in residency, and you know it's crack out. It's you know, God forbid anything ever happens and I'm and I'm sued. That's the gold standard. So and that material, oh, you, you will rip crazy your crazy strong. Yeah, you'll you'll tear your gloves before that that suture material will break. Yeah. So it is not designed to absorb. It stays with you forever. Yeah, I think I said this in one of the previous episodes. I used that uh, that stitch as my keychain loop. It's li- yeah. I literally, I made a loop on one end, I made another loop on the other end, and I tagged it with a like one of those uh, circular rings, and I literally put my my keys through there. So it's nice and floppy. It doesn't you know it doesn't hold its shape. It lies nice and flat, and I've had it for years. I don't know how many years. Yeah, it's, it's just uh, stuff is really strong. Yeah, crazy strong. So here I'm I'm pulling it across. So I I tag my stitch on one side. So now that knot that I'm gonna put in here is gonna be only on one side, like I said, so the patient hopefully will never feel it. Just a little hand ties. Right. And your assistant's holding the foot slightly. Oh yeah, slightly plantar flex yeah. so that Achilles, you know, is nice and pressed against that bone. And, there we go. And you did the gastroc, so they've got Oh yeah, they already have slack. But I don't always do a gastroc when I do you know, I do something very similar. If I don't, they're you know they're going to probably spend more time in PT, getting that equine back, yeah, getting yeah. that range of motion back. But yeah, so now the next step in all this is repairing whatever superficial uh, Achilles tendon. So in this case, the edges that I freed up from the base, I'll tag them back down to the um, uh, portion that's still stuck on the uh, soft tissue in the calcaneus, and then I'll also repair that peritinon thin layer so you know edge to edge to edge layer closure making it look beautiful you're doing that with vicryl or monocryl? yeah i think this is 3 vicryl okay. so that's absorbable suture yeah so everything up until this point was non-absorbable this is the first absorbable stitch i'm throwing in and that will you know, absorb over the course of yeah well it's a six to twelve weeks yeah. or something like that yeah 
Yeah. So I use a, a larger Vicryl because it lasts longer. If you use like 4050, it dissolves out quicker. So the goal being getting past that initial three to four weeks where that Achilles is kind of turning over and healing. And once that Achilles is strong enough, that Vicryl is just kind of useless. So, yep, here we go. I'm repairing the peritinon. You can see the back of my head. <laughs> um, pretty much making it look like I was hopefully never there. Just a running locking type. I mean, running non-locking stitch. If the tendon was bad, uh, I would sometimes use like those uh, um, those grafts to help augment it. I use a dozen different styles. I think my uh, umbilical cord graft is probably my favorite for these. Yeah. Or if it was really, really bad, then obviously like a cadaveric graft or some allograft. Or, but for the most of these, as long as the damage isn't too bad, um, we're trying to bring it back to anatomical level. So here yeah, I switched your, off. This is yeah, uh, your first my first assist. Yeah, uh, throwing some stitches in, nice. making it look beautiful. Let's see. So remember what it looked like pre-op. I had the ossicles, that prominence, that spurring. Nothing too crazy, but obviously at the end, cleaned it up. Kind of got a little bit of a fleck of something in there, but... It's way better. Yeah, a lot better than what it will be. All right, so after all this, we, you know, need to immobilize the patient. I typically do a boot or a cast, um, pretty much uh, depending on how much ankle dorsiflexion we're able to achieve. If it's someone I suspect that's going to be swelling too much, maybe a splint or a bivalved cast, what's your go-to? Yeah, I, I think the splint usually initially, and then we put them in a fiberglass cast at that first post-op visit. Mm -hmm. And that Slightly. can be slightly plantar flex, depending and on, again, like how much you were able to accomplish. If you did a gastroc, maybe you can get it back to neutral right away. Yeah. Yeah, so if you did the gastroc recession, that yeah. gives you a little more. How more soon work. after do you start weight-bearing? Uh, they're usually off of it for <clears throat> a good four weeks, if, yeah. if not longer, depending on how things are going. Yeah, I tell them about four to six weeks on average, yeah. depending on how much um, uh, we had to detach the Achilles, depending on if mm -hmm. I did medial lateral incision, all of it kind of adds up. And depending on how young they are, younger people definitely bounce back a lot quicker. Um, but that being said, uh, once they're up and moving, four weeks walking in that boot, and then back to normal shoes soon after. Um, it is a large tendon. There is a healing time. Even though they're back to normal shoes, it's still healing. There's no Most people, magic it's a good it. six months, six yeah. to 12 months before they, they feel totally back to normal. And they so, forget they ever had surgery. Yeah, it, it, it's an investment in time, for sure. Yeah, but well worth it if you're living in pain. Right. But as far as surgery goes, that's pretty much it. Excellent. Well, thanks, Dr. Hussein. Um, Thanks for putting that together and uh, good job on the surgery. And we will see you next time on The Pod Doctors. Thank you for listening to The Pod Doctors. We appreciate all of our listeners and subscribers. If you'd like to hear more, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and watch our videos on YouTube. Like, thumbs up, subscribe, and be safe. See you all next time. Bye-bye.